Hey everybody, Yislike here. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by A Thousand Dreams, a developing adult liberal arts curriculum that celebrates transgression in most of its forms. Currently, the curriculum is comprised of a daily blog, four weekly podcasts, weekly multimedia lectures, a book vlog, lots of extra content on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and a Patreon that includes exclusive content and early access to much of our regular content. You can access all of our content, including a link to our Patreon, from our central hub at a thousanddreams.org. Please send comments and questions about the curriculum to a thousanddreams.org at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Like Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And today we're going to talk about edge play. So first, we'll provide a definition of edge play. Then we'll talk about categories of edge play and our own views and interests in edge play. Then we'll discuss the different things that edge play has taught us personally We'll discuss our current edges and my favorite type of edge play, which I call cultural edge play. And then we'll conclude our discussion with a brief exploration of spirituality in edge play. So most definitions of edge play state that it's a type of kinky play that pushes psychological boundaries and it is subjective because every individual has a different set of boundaries totally makes sense. However, my favorite definition for edge play is actually from Wikipedia. And it goes, in BDSM, edge play is a subjective term for activity, sexual or mentally manipulative, that may challenge the conventional SSC, that is safe, sane and consensual scheme. If one is aware of the risks and consequences and is willing to accept them, then the activity is considered rack, risk-aware, consensual kink. Now, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with SSE and rack. I just think it's interesting that this source is very broad and not connected to the kink community. And I think there might be some significance in this fact. Because to me, this definition from a vanilla source, Wikipedia, feels much more powerful and transgressive than many of the definitions that come from kink-specific websites. Yeah, while the uh, kink websites focus on the individual's subjective perspective, safe, sane, and consensual is a term that is used in the kink community as a uh, what I consider a conventional boundary and edge play is pushing against that convention. Right. It's pushing against one of a few very core, like a like, proclamation yeah. or a, I, I consider it more of a dogma really. Yeah. I like the definition because it's pushing back a 
pretty standard piece of kinky dogma. Right. There's nothing safe or sane <laughs> um, about edge play. Well, hopefully it's consensual, but yeah, makes you question the whole SSE framework. And that definition also brings up RAC, which is risk-aware consensual kink. And RAC has replaced SSC for many people. And I personally agree that what makes RAC RAC is that it includes edge play. But RAC doesn't necessarily require edge play because any form of BDSM could be risky, whether you're deliberately trying to push an edge or not. But edge play is still always subjective. I do agree with that part of the common BDSM community definition because everyone has different edges and those edges are largely psychological. So now we're going to talk about the difference between an edge and a limit. A limit is a restriction. It's meant to stop someone or something from going further or over or around or above or below something else. Whereas edge means a boundary or a border between two spaces or things, but it isn't necessarily meant to imply that crossing that border is dangerous or forbidden or invasive or wrong in any other way. So now we're going to talk about categories of edge play. So I've got four listed here. The first one is physical. An example might be drawing blood. Drawing blood is terrifying to some people. They do not want to get involved. There's a contamination phobia and all of that. Yeah, I just uh, recalled um, an incident where I was giving a blood test and I almost passed out. <laughs> it's Some people pass out at the sight of blood and that's interesting. Yeah. Urine would be another body fluid that is associated with edge play for some people. You drink it, splash it all over yourself, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of fun stuff. There's also emotional edge play, and that includes humiliations, for example. Right. And, and some people also mess around with emotional triggers. You know, a sadist can find an emotional weakness in the sub or slave and try to exploit it in different ways, tr try to get them to react. Mental edge play is another category. Mind fucks would be an example of mental edge play. Unless you have to weight it down with the need to continually ask for consent throughout the whole process. Yeah. I interrupt you. Like the presenter at DomCon in his presentation, um, where he was basically creating a scenario that caused anxiety in his victim. And then the fourth category of edge play that I'm going to talk about is cultural edge play. It's basing a type of kinky play or practice on a real life cultural practice outside of BDSM currently or historically. For example, race play is a well-known cultural form of edge play. At least it would be edge play for me. And we'll talk about cultural edge play separately closer to the end of the episode. 
So other common types of edge play include fire play, knife play, feminization can be a form of edge play for some men. And then there are more personal or idiosyncratic types, like a sub might really hate eating raw onions and hasn't eaten any for 30 years, but the dom makes him do it anyway. That could be a form of edge play, technically. So now Lance is going to talk about his views on edge play and some of his past edges. Right. That definition pretty much states it fairly well. It's basically pushing your psychological boundaries. Pushing my limits is something that is edgy for me. It's very exciting to me. And I also see it as a form of personal growth. I see it as a way of increasing my capacity to serve you better. Some past edges that I've gone beyond would be forced by. 20 or 30 years ago, I would have considered that a very hard limit. It became an edge when I started testing and preparing myself for my future master about six or seven years ago. I began meeting guys through Squirt and Collar Space to see if I can actually have sex with men. And I thought that went very well. Urine play is another thing that I thought that I would never do. It was kind of fun to blow past that one fairly quickly in our relationship. As to mouth play or ATM, um, which I consider a minor form of scat play, is... Uh, another edge that um, I'm willing to do now. And mm, I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> so I find edge play really exhilarating and empowering. It makes me feel stronger as a dom when I do it. It also makes me feel closer to Lance and more loving and affectionate. There's something about him acquiescing or caving into a command that he doesn't want to do that just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Ultimately, though, edge play is what kink is to me. For me, if it's not edge play, it's not kink. Some of my past edges include urine. I never thought I would do something that gross. Peeing on someone just seems like a horribly humiliating uh -huh. form of psychological and emotional torture. It is. Breath play. Oh, my God. How dangerous. How, you know, just the worst, most ill-conceived thing you could possibly think. We did that, what, on our, like, second date. I think <laughs> that was the first time I did it. Everyone <laughs> warns against it. You shouldn't do it unless you gain some Don't experience, unless you research, Don't ever do yada, it. yada, yada. It was so important and big for me in gaining trust in you, though. It was pretty cool that I remember that night, and that was a really tender, intimate cuddling session afterwards. Mm -hmm. I remember it very clearly. Each successively larger strap-on was an edge for me. Really? How was that an edge for you? Well, because I had to trust myself that I wasn't going to do serious injury to you, even when you reassured me that I wouldn't be doing that. Even if you tell me you think something is safe, it's still on me to make sure that it's safe myself. And when the play is happening inside your body, I can't see what's going on. I suppose that means that, for me, building trust could be seen as a form of edge play. 
maybe because when it comes to kinky play, increasing our levels of trust necessarily includes pushing edges. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. Those experiences were certainly wonderful in building trust, but is pushing boundaries required for gaining trust? That's something that I'm unsure of. Hmm. For me, edge play is at least an important element for building and maintaining our relationship. One of several ways for you to help build my trust in your submission and for me to build your trust in your owner and master. And it might build intimacy as well. There is definitely a mutual admiration and trust building that occurs when we see each other pushing past our boundaries. Yeah. But I'm not sure about this for other people, because judging from what I read on FetLife, it seems like not pushing boundaries is now required for building trust. Hmm. For many, many kinksters I talk to in person and online, staying within comfort zones seems to be the primary ethical consideration in BDSM play and relationships these days. But regardless, I think maybe here the term work from the leather community might be more apropos than the term play. Because building and maintaining trust between us is a necessity, not a perk, even if it is fun and sexy. Mm -hmm. We are definitely putting in an effort. So it is more work than play. Even though it's fun, work can be fun. Right. It's just like cooking is fun, but it's work. So now we're going to talk about what we have learned from our different experiences in edge play. Have we learned anything? For example, about ourselves and each other. Have we discovered new edges during our kinky play? Do our edges reflect past experiences or present fears? Remember, edges aren't necessarily the same as limits. Mm -hmm. A recent experience that comes to mind is the whole Santa Monica Boulevard walk. That was a very powerful bonding experience in my estimation. And it dealt with us pushing our shame boundaries and definitely gave me much more confidence to serve you and an ability to show our dynamic in public. Would you consider your early forced buy experiments a kind of edge play? Because you did definitely learn from them. Most certainly, even though I was doing it on my own, what I learned about that experience was that my sexuality was really not defined by what sexual acts that I engage in or am willing to perform. I learned that my willingness to obey was much stronger than my social homophobic conditioning that I grew up with. I mean, all of my kinky play early on was edge play. Chastity, impact play, force by was a big one. The urine, the breath play, the pegging. Those were all things that I had been fascinated about and terrified of doing for several decades before I tried them. And to be honest, power exchange at almost every level still gives me at least a small adrenaline rush and sometimes a big one. 
depending on how intense the power exchange is. And all of that kinky play and power exchange is how I learned and am learning how to be a dom. I think you have to have the instinct for it in order to want to do it and to put the time in. But I at least had to and continue to learn a great deal from experience. Because for me, fantasy and reality are very different when it comes to kink. And like I said in an earlier episode, I never fantasize about asking for consent. So my fantasy kink and my real life kink are never going to be allowed to collide. Okay, so now we're going to talk about our current edges. Lance, what are some of yours? Sure, we've, we've talked at some length about mutilation. You biting off my earlobe or insisting that I get a brand of your choosing. That way you can claim me as like absolute property. Seriously, a brand is not a form of mutilation. It's body modification and body decoration. Mm, Come on, man. No, uh, that's for me, that's, that's almost a hard limit, but I'm more than willing to push that boundary. Yeah, definitely more than willing, since you're the one who usually brings it up. But moving <laughs> on. Another form of edge play, I mentioned briefly the, the ATM and the scat. That's still an edge that um, I'm, I'm willing to explore. And I actually remember the first time that we did ATM. I won't go into the details, but it did involve a dildo fresh out of his ass <laughs> and him making dinner. Anyway, anyway. I don't yeah, know that what was... the dinner had anything to do with it. But... No, well, you were just standing naked at the oven. That was a moment. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. One edge that I think about more frequently than the other two actually is being dommed by a man. I don't know if I would be willing to do that or how I would react if you required me to obey a dominant man. After my wife, now ex-wife, said that she no longer wanted anything to do with me intimately, I explored my, quote, bisexual nature. At that time, I was living in South Carolina, and I texted uh, a bunch of folks, one of which was a dominant dude that wanted to meet me. And ultimately, I chickened out, and because... He was very aggressive and was wanting me to do certain things that were very risky. So I didn't meet him. The last thing I want to mention about my edges is my willingness to explore or gain more emotional intelligence. And that is an effort for me to be less triggered emotionally. I have a fear that. If you lose respect in me, that basically our relationship would be over, that the intimacy would be gone. And that sometimes leads me to react to being overly sensitive um, and being hurt and quickly following that with anger. And I feel that if I don't immediately set boundaries, that your loss of respect in me could happen. But I do realize that overcoming this limitation is 
where my current focus should lie and it is an area that I need to improve to serve you better. Yeah, as you're talking, I quickly developed a strong urge to reassure you that that wouldn't happen, that I wouldn't reject you or think you were weak if you submitted to me emotionally in that way. If, instead of getting angry mm -hmm. when we're having an argument, but I've reassured you so many times and it doesn't work. So we're going to have to figure out other ways. Right. Although within the last month or so, we both see that you have made significant progress. Right. I certainly hope so. And it's a problem area for me in other relationships that I've had in the past. I need to stop doing that. So that concludes this week's discussion of Edge Play. Our next episode will be part two of the discussion. Until then, have a great week.